With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's FPC Radio Live. It's January the 9th, 2023, and the regular season in the NFL is over. It's kaput. It's finished. It's done. We're on to the playoffs, John, because I don't know about you, but 18 weeks kind of uh, flew by. I mean, we say it every single year, so I'm sorry if I'm sickening people with the the overdone cliche, but uh, no, this season flew by. This last week was perhaps the most one of the most eventful final weeks of the uh, regular season in, in any NFL, not only with the uh, off-the-field storylines, but the intriguing uh, playoff uh, implications, uh, including last night, John. And, you know, before we get to that, before we get to that, I know it's, it's going to be a painful thing. I do want to bring up one thing, because I, I, I'm a big three-stooge. Do we have to? Yeah, well, we, we, have to? we have to, but I'm, I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit by talking about one of the things that I love, and that's the Three Stooges. Well, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it, um, <laughs> anyways, today, January 1st, or 9th, rather, I'm going back about a week and a half, and in that case, the Packers would still have a playoff shot. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, yeah, I, I apologize. I apologize. I'm just, you know. Just putting off the inevitable. I mean, the Patriots are out of the playoffs. The Buccaneers, I mean, we'll we'll see. Luckily, they got the Cowboys this week, but we'll see what happens there. But today is actually on January 9th, 1947, John, the Half-Wits Holiday episode of The Three Stooges aired for the first time. And the reason I bring that up is uh, that was uh, Curly's last 
episode as a member of the mm. like full time uh, member of the Three Stooges because he actually suffered a massive stroke during the filming of that episode. And if you go back, it's a uh, the 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 premise of the episode was. The Stooges, like, there's a, a high society group who wanted to teach the Stooges manners, and there was a bet that they could become gentlemen, you know. Very classic, you know, a storyline when it comes to that type of comedy. Um, towards the end of the episode, they get into the ballroom where they're show, uh, supposed to show off their manners. You see Curly there, but uh, in the final scene with the pie-throwing scene and everything, he is obviously very not present in the episode, and that mm-hmm. is because... Uh, just prior to that, he had suffered a, a major stroke, which obviously uh, kept him from performing and later uh, led to his death uh, a few years after that. So um, I guess I said I was going to lighten the mood, but then I get, it kind of made it a little bit depressing. But it just happened to, yeah. be, happened to be today. And I just happened to be watching. I have all the discs, you know, on DVD. Uh, I just happened to be watching that disc last night. I usually throw them on at the end of the night to kind of, you know, go to sleep too, and and that was just just mm-hmm. happened to be that one. So, uh, for any Stooges fans out there, I know my good buddy Mike Debate. You know, we we talk Stooges all the time, so I'm I'm sure he knows that. But um, I don't know. In the spirit of the January first uh, Stooges marathon that I grew up on, I always like to watch a lot of those episodes around the beginning of January. And this time around, I I got uh, alerted to this anniversary. I'm still amazed at how good those look. Right. They've been oh, yeah. so well preserved. They, they look fantastic. I mean, it's like obviously the Hitchcock films that were in black mm-hmm. and white look fantastic. And they're, you know, 75 years old and, and they still look really, really great because they're on film. And, yeah. and that preserves better than anything else. But yeah, I mean, that, those were some tough guys. I mean, he suffered the stroke and they continue on with finishing the episode. Yeah. So uh, again, that was 1947. Times have changed. Yeah, quite a bit. And, and look, I mean, that, that was a. Uh... If you've watched as much as I have, and I, I've certainly seen them in order, you know, because like I said, part of it is is having the DVD, and you can kind of see a a progressively a progressive decline prior mm-hmm. to that, you know, just in, in Curly's mannerisms and his ability, his speaking ability. It just things you could kind of tell in hindsight, obviously, um, looking back at it. But um, no, I, it, it was uh, I like I said, I I always kind of every year since I was a kid. You know, watching that that Stooges marathon really got me hooked. But since then, I always kind of get the urge to watch a bunch uh, around this time of the year. So, um, anyways, anyways, enough of, enough of talking about the Stooges. Let's. Well, I guess we're gonna gonna keep talking about Stooges because we're gonna talk about uh, some some really f- funny, ironic, some weird just moments and and chain of events that occurred yesterday. Because um, first of all, I, I mentioned Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, you want to start right there, John? You want to just rip that bandaid sure. off and just okay? Absolutely. Um, well, you know, you know me. I'm not afraid to no, criticize no, no, no. Aaron Rodgers. I'm I'm very analytical. Me neither. When it comes to him, <laughs> yeah. You, I know you're not. That's for sure. Most everyone is ready, willing, and able to criticize him, and he deserves criticism. He had an off year this year. Uh, he wasn't particularly good last night. There were moments where he looked like Aaron Rodgers, and then there were other moments where he looked like he just wasn't engaged, and and that's you that's know, that's been kind of the season, issue. right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, not just last good. night. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, the four-game winning streak, I'm like, okay, he's not playing great, but he's leading. Yeah. And last night, it seemed like, again, they reported that the thumb got banged up again. And um, that final drive was it was something that they've done a lot this year where they have a final drive. They're down four points with six minutes left. Someone please tell Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers or whoever that you don't have to try to 
construct the game-winning drive so that it ends at the buzzer. Yeah. Like, you can play with a little bit more pace so that maybe if you don't score on that drive, you punt and you hold them and get another chance. Maybe you get two possessions rather than just one. They did this against the Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. earlier in the year. They've done it They've done it for several years. It's maddening. It's like they don't play with urgency. I'm not saying you have to rush through things, but play with a little bit more force and a little more urgency. When they do that, they're a little bit better. But they, look, if they had won last night, they'd be going to San Francisco and, and maybe they just save themselves the embarrassment of getting destroyed by what I think is the best team in the NFC. And again, that would make Rodgers 0-5 in the postseason against San Francisco. That's not a good look, especially you remember when he was drafted in 2005, he says he's going to make them pay for not taking him first overall, and he's 0-4 in the postseason. So, you know, obviously they would have been better off with Aaron Rodgers than Alex Smith, but uh, those words may come back to haunt him at some point. Yeah, and look, in this weird backwards way of how we look at things, it's almost better that he didn't make the playoffs, to your point, than to go out and get just absolutely steamrolled by San Francisco right. who would run over them when they were at their peak and, and they're clearly not at their peak right now and, and look it's not all Devonte Adams I think he's a large part of it and a lot of the things that I <clears throat> talked about prior to the season kind of were, were ringing true all year and and this mm-hmm. is how do you replace his production and over the last two years when the Packers were were truly elite 30 touchdowns and or 3,000 yards and like 29 touchdowns mm-hmm you know, you just don't replace that. And they certainly, um, and we even talked about this at the beginning of the season. We didn't think that they did an adequate job in trying to replace those players. You know, they weren't going to go out and find a one, you know, one of, uh, you know, a, a one-to-one comparison of, of, of Devontae Adams to another receiver. You're not going to find that. But you can adequately replace the production. Look at what Kansas City's done. Now, again, you ask Chiefs fans, they think, you know, it's it's Patrick Mahomes and and no offensive line and no offensive players, but they have really good offensive players and they did a good job replacing bodies on offense and players that mm-hmm. can make plays and do things on offense. The Packers did not, and we we saw that all season um, because it, it wasn't just that you know you lose Devonte Adams' talent, but this year more than not, you you realize how much you know. Aaron Rodgers kind of needed that, especially this year. And it could have made a lot of things look a lot better than what ultimately they were and, and certainly could have masked a lot of problems that they had, certainly on offense. Because, you know, look, they had they had a, a pretty good running game, really good running backs. Um, you have some talent on offense. Christian Watson looks like he's going to be a stud. Uh, mm-hmm. But th- this, this team just could never find that groove or rhythm or identity really on offense because what were they were they an Aaron Rodgers led team were they a running team were they uh you know a team that never is out of it I don't think there were any of those things I have no idea what they were no they were an eight, eight and nine team the third best team in their division and fortunately for the Chicago Bears play yeah. in their division I mean look I, I think everyone is going to anoint the Detroit Lions as the favorites to win the NFC North next year. And probably for a good reason. I mean, they were nine and eight. They won eight of their last 10. Their offense looks to be very, very strong. And their defense is young and aggressive. And they're buying into Dan Campbell's message. And you're in a division with, is Aaron Rodgers coming back next year? Is he going to request a trade? What the hell is going to happen with that? And you got Minnesota that went 13 and four, but we think that's kind of like a fake 13 and four. And they'll probably revert to being maybe a close to 500 team next year. So, Everyone's already on board with the Lions being the team to beat the, the NFC North for next year. 
Yeah, the biggest thing, though, is, and, and this is kind of, you know, and it wouldn't be talked about now, but what are you going to get out of Jared Goff? You know, he had a great mm-hmm. season this year. He did. I, I mean, I I don't think it's off to say that you, you can't 100% expect that again next year. And if you don't get that level of quarterback play, this Detroit Lions team isn't going to be taking any steps forward. Um, so he'll be Jared off next year. Yes, Jared off. Or, Jared or, or perhaps, John, <laughs> perhaps a soon-to-be 46-year-old will find his way up to Detroit and save that franchise next hey, year. You know what? I wrote a column years ago about that. I was, like, laughing. I, I, I was like, okay, he's going to go first to win a title with Tampa. Then, you know what? He'll go win a title in Cleveland because yeah. they haven't done anything in half a century. And Then he's going to go to Detroit, the ultimate losing franchise, and win. And what the hell? Why not? And I think his mom's family is originally – no, no. Originally from Minnesota, not Michigan. Yeah, but he obviously um, yeah, went not? to he went to school in Michigan. So hey, who yeah, knows? Not, not, <laughs> Look, not, it's not not a bad spot, right? I mean, they've got some yeah, they've got some talent there. That offensive line is elite. Jamal yeah. Williams is a studded running back. Uh, DeAndre Swift is outstanding. They got some wide receivers, and they and they got two first round picks this year. They own the Rams' first round pick as well, so they can stack that defense. And look, Dan Campbell. I I the thing I like about Dan Campbell is first of all that guy if he stepped away from coaching would go into TV in like five seconds and oh, be yeah. like a stud at that. But I think what he talks about, he actually believes. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not fake and I, players are buying into it. So good for them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that would be interesting. Brady going to the Detroit Lions. I mean, talk about saving the <laughs> ultimate loser franchise. I mean, that would be awesome. Well, I mean, let's, let's be honest, John, he did already go to the <laughs> franchise that had the worst winning percentage in all oh. of sports and in a win against the Cowboys on Monday will match the entire franchise's playoff win total before he arrived. They only had six. They have five since Brady's been there, including, obviously, the Super Bowl. So um, Braden brought up a great point, and it's up on the screen here, and I didn't realize this, but the Lions were the only team in the NFC North with a with a positive point differential, including the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. over oh, 13 and 4. No, I, I, going into that game, I was nervous. They had chances to really widen the lead in the second quarter. They lost that game in the second quarter. They're up 9-3. They're driving for at least mm-hmm. another field goal, maybe a touchdown. You're up either 12-3 to or 16-3, to and then Aaron Jones fumbles, and he's had fumble yep. issues in the past. Uh, also, the first drive of the game, you got first and goal at the five, and you can't score. And we talked about it before the show. Rodgers could have probably walked in for a touchdown. Instead, yeah. he does this crazy shovel pass. <laughs> that doesn't work. So you had chances in the first half to be up by multiple scores. And at that point, maybe you put Detroit to sleep, but it's nine, six going into halftime. And I'm like, they're up three. They've kind of dominated the first half. That was not a good sign. Yeah. And it just, it was, there was a weird feeling going into that half. And that's, that's never a good sign for a team that struggled as much as green Bay has all season. Um, So I guess that, that, you know, that brings up the question that obviously has, you know, was a question last year. And I think becomes even more of a question this year. And whether or not you listen to Aaron Rodgers after the game, you got to wonder: Is he coming back next year? Whether it's with Packers, with the Packers, or in general? I mean, because again, you know, it might just be the post-loss blues, and then that happens. But he, he seemed a little, you know, dejected and a little just kind of taking in the moment, sort of speak, and 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 and. By that, I mean, like, taking in the moment as in this might very well be the last time he's up there doing this. Yeah, I mean, he, he talked with Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico in preparation for the game about that he wanted to win this game because he knew he wasn't going to play at Lambeau the rest of the year. Maybe he was even hinting that it wouldn't be 
never playing at Lambeau again. If he retires or if he goes to some other franchise, who knows if they play at Lambeau. He also was asked to do a jewelry swap after the game with Jamison Williams, uh, the stud yep. rookie receiver from the Lions. And he said, I think I'm going to hold on to this. He didn't do it. Um, not because he's, you know, a, a guy that, you know, wants to disappoint a young guy. It's just that he may think it's his last game. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he retires. The only thing is, I think you got to give these guys a little space and time to do yeah. this. Uh, but you also can't wait till June. Like we can't be doing what they did with Favre for several years, where you know ESPN's live, you know, with Brett Favre <laughs> sitting on the tractor opening yeah. up, you know, Bud Lights. I, what would Rogers Steakhouse place be like? A Starbucks or something? Like I don't know, or or somewhere in the jungle on what, Iowa. What's that show like? Survivor Man, something like that. You know, That's maybe like a that. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> off in the woods somewhere although although yeah. he I, apparently is um now involved with uh um one of the milwaukee bucks uh executives daughters or something like that apparently I don't, yeah I don't mallory know, so. Eden, yeah, yeah, yeah 26 so, years old yeah, yeah we, so, we first saw her about eight years ago at the draft lottery she was 18 at the time her dad is one of the principal owners mm-hmm. of the bucks and rogers does own one percent of the bucks so who knows with him i mean he, hey, he's, he's yeah. uh, america's bachelor i guess yeah, at this point. apparently well speaking of the bachelor wasn't his brother on the bachelor <laughs> jordan yes exactly yeah yeah um, the family they got there yeah right? it's 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 quite a quite a dynamic but look yeah look, i i'm with you you know you got to give these guys time to um you know, kind of just think it through and, and, and everything like that. And I'm with you with the whole Jersey swap thing. I know, look, you know, some people may think I'm an Aaron Rodgers hater, but you know, the reality of it is I'm, I'm not, I'm more of a realist. And, uh, but I know the real haters out there were certainly, uh, willing to jump on the Jersey swap thing. Oh, what a jerk. What a no. But I, I kind of feel like you do. Like he's looking at this as, look, this might be my very last game. It, It at least maybe my very last game with the Packers. Um, so, you know, I, I'd imagine that he'll get something to the kid. You know what I mean? There'll, there'll be there'll be something off the, off the screen that, that no one will talk yep. about. Or maybe he'll get, you know, maybe he'll tweet it after the fact. You know, not Aaron Rodgers or whatever. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 going to be interesting to, to see what goes on. I mean, he mentioned uh, even talking about the future with the organization, what their plans are, what are they looking for. Um, that might be an inclination that, you know, he's willing to move on from the franchise but still wants to play, understanding that, you know, look, it's it's probably better for the franchise at some point to make that move. And if you're if you're the franchise, do you want to start and, and like I said, we talked earlier, Christian Watson looks like a stud. Um, do you want to have his early development done with a quarterback you know that's not going to be here long term or do you want to see what you have in Jordan Love and and react that way earlier rather than later um I guess that's kind of it started as a rhetorical question but I kind of I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that John because like no I I, I think you're right on yeah I think because what happens is first of all what can you get for Aaron Rodgers on the open market the contract is an issue because of dead cap space and all of that right so you have to factor that in at some point are you going to get a haul for him? Again, he's 39. He'll be 40 next year. And he does seem to be playing on a year-to-year basis. But ba- based when, real quick, based on the returns mm-hmm. we've seen some from some of these other veteran quarterbacks this past year, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, I think teams are going to be hesitant to pay a boatload. Yeah. yeah, especially for a 39-year-old guy. I mean, like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson – you figured they would at least have some runway to play for a while. Now, neither has looked good this year. So, yeah, there's going to be some hesitancy there. Uh, Brett Favre, when he went to the Jets, I think got them a second-round pick, if I'm not mistaken, back in 2008. And he was 
late thirties. Uh, I think Roger takes care of himself better than Brett Favre. I mean, and again, it's 15 years later and athletes tend to take care of themselves better than they did 15 years ago. So yeah, whatever you can get. I mean, I know one team that's been floated out there is the Tennessee Titans because they're going to need to upgrade the quarterback oh, position yeah. at some point. I, and I know he's building or has built a house in Nashville, but so is everyone else. Yeah. But I, I, that uniform is hideous. I don't want to see him in a Tennessee Titans uniform. Seriously, that would be like odd. Like I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm big into that. Like I, Brady in a Raiders uniform. Oh my lord, that would look gorgeous. Yeah. Or Brady in a 49ers uniform. That would look spectacular. Even a Lions. I mean, I know that's far fetched, but the Lions have actually pretty cool uniforms and a, a good logo. But our, Tennessee's got one of the worst uniforms in the league. Yeah, um, it's just. It's, I don't want to see him in Tennessee. Yeah, it's just so like. It's just. I don't know. You ever see the show Arrested Development? Yeah. Yeah. You remember Anne? Right. George Michael's yeah. girlfriend, her? That's what yeah, it yeah, planned. Yeah. You know, it just, it's like, yeah, ah. it's there. Yeah. It's what is just, that? Like, it exists. There's nothing to it. That whole division has bad uniforms. Yeah. Jacksonville's weird. And then uh, the Texans are terrible. The Colts have cool uniforms because they're classical. Yeah. You know, well, they haven't, cha- they haven't changed in like 60 years. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. You know, like it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, yeah, I, I I don't want to see him in Tennessee. Hell no. You you know what? Since we're on the the, the top of jerseys, real quick, uh, I don't want to get stay too. I, I'm done with the Patriots new jerseys. You know, I'm done. Oh yeah. I yeah. I, I, I yeah. like I, I I you know I never really I just I don't know I've never really liked them. And and the more I see them, the like, more I don't like them. They look a little like the Red Sox in the mid '70s when they had that elastic waistband yeah, with it, red and blue or typewriter ribbon. I mean, I mean, I, that's an old old. You no, know, it's, it's, that, that's what it but looks, it looks like. like. Typewriter ribbon, yeah. But I'm like, no, I don't like them at all. I, I don't need to go back to the red uniforms. I think they should be blue. The the British wore red, so yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't have these mixed messages going forward. Look, go I was back per- to, go back to blue. Uh, look, I, I under, there's part of me who is like, oh, just go back to the old uniforms. But then I'm like, mm, it, it's actually kind of nicely tied into the the dynasty run because they use those mm-hmm. jerseys essentially. From the beginning to the end of the dynasty, you know, with like a little overlap at the beginning, um, right? But uh, I, I still, I just, I, I don't, I don't like those jerseys. I, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't like the all blues either. No, no, me like neither. Blueberries or whatever. Yeah, like they, they look like the Texans. All. I mean, they play like the Texans yeah. sometimes, so it kind of makes yeah. sense. But um, no, last yesterday, you know, speaking of uh, the Patriots, uh, obviously um, their playoff hopes have been dashed. I don't, I don't think it's. It's clear it's end of the world type situation for the Patriots. I, I think there are a lot of positives. I, I, I think we're going to, you know, we'll lose sleep at night thinking about some of the boneheaded things that they did to cost themselves games. I mean, obviously, look to the Raiders game uh, primarily mm-hmm. because you win that game. You're not even fighting for a playoff spot. You're already in the playoffs. Uh, yesterday, obviously, giving up the two uh, kick returns for touchdowns is, I mean, you can't win football games like that. They, I mean, they were competitive. They were competitive, and if there's one silver lining in, in all of this, and I know he ended up throwing three interceptions yesterday, although I think two of them were really not his not his <laughs> fault. The first one was, I think the second one was a deflection, and the third was just a end of the game, huck the ball up, see what you can do type situation. Um, Mac Jones has looked good the last month or so. Uh, very promising, mm-hmm. um, more decisive, and certainly something you can sit there and say, okay, that's what you can work towards and work with. Uh, but this team needs a lot of work moving forward. They need more talent. They need um, a, a better coaching situation, uh, not from the, you know, maybe not from the head coach, but I'm talking offensively. Uh, 
you know, Bill O'Brien's name has been floated about, you know, as, as an offensive uh, a play caller. That could work, certainly. Um, this team is close, but it's also going to be interesting to see how they transition away from guys like, you know, Matthew Slater, who clearly looks like he's finished, and, and very likely Devin McCourty, who even in his age has been a key, key member of this defense the last couple of years in which, well, that was really the strength of their team. Yeah, I would think McCourty's going to retire because he'll go into media in like five seconds. I know his brother Jason is already involved with the NFL Network and Westwood One and does a really nice job. And Devin will be fantastic, uh, whether it be the NFL Network or wherever. He's really, really talented guy. And I think Matthew Slater's already, you get the feeling that he's going to retire and probably go into the ministry. He, he, that's what's in his heart and soul. Mm-hmm. So I think both guys will be gone. And, yeah, you'd lose leadership. Um, you know, at some point, the Patriots have some good young players. I think Kyle Duggar has the potential to be yeah. a really good leader on this team. Um, you know, I think Christian Barmore is someone that, if healthy, can be a, a force on the interior of that defense. So, you know, you've got some building blocks there. And, again, they win eight and nine, a lot of close games. I was impressed yesterday, to be honest yeah. with you. I, I think I, that's about as good as Mac Jones has looked in two years. It's kind of weird, though that his three best performances this year were against Baltimore, Minnesota, and Buffalo. You lost all three of those games, but you walked away saying he can mm-hmm. do some nice things. Now, he had three uh, interceptions against Baltimore and three yesterday, but you're right, Ian, some of those weren't his fault yesterday. I thought he I thought he delivered the ball pretty well. Um, so it, it's the best the offense looked all year against a really good defense that was obviously you know jacked up for that game. But, yeah, the special teams are a problem this year. I believe from 2000 to 2021, the Patriots only allowed six kickoff returns for touchdowns. They allowed three this season, yes. and two were yesterday, obviously. So that's a concern. Maybe Joe Judge goes back to coaching special teams, and Cam Acord has shown the door because he's been here for a few years, and the special teams have deteriorated. Um, maybe someone should let Tony Romo know that because after the second kick return for a touchdown he goes this is amazing against the patriots they always have great special teams well they haven't the last couple of years but tony tony romo did not have a good day yesterday (laughs) from from the uh up at some point right i mean well well, it's not it's not only that but it's like he was so uh uh positive about um the the uh the the catch being out of bounds I think that was the play where he's like oh I, it's like fifty fifty I'm like what are you looking at Tony <laughs> like oh he, like, he, I, uh, look I, I said I it and this it. I don't get it this is exactly my you know this is the same way I treat like people that get overhyped when they first come into league it's like all right let's let's give it a break like people are so sick of Phil Sims that yeah. they that they <laughs> latched onto Tony Romo and because he had a good couple first games where you know he was he was calling out coverages doing this doing that. Uh, it's just it's I can't listen and, or watch games where he's calling them because uh, it just it drives me nuts. And it's not that I you know he says things that I disagree with. I mean, th- there's going to be plenty of announcers that say things I disagree with. It's just the the constant like, and it's it's almost nonsensical at this point. That's what it's deteriorated to. At least like you can like you could like understand what he was saying early on. Now mm-hmm. it's just like gibberish. You know, like <laughs> like some like he. Sounds like he's passing a kidney stone. Yeah, he's Jim, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and Nance is a consummate professional. I mean, yeah, he's really good. You could throw him into any sport; he's going to be outstanding. But yeah, I mean, even even on these calls, it's like I don't know. And I'm like, well, you paid eighteen million. Yeah, yeah, yeah you paid something. a lot of money to know. So yeah, say something. I mean, oh. I, I, I look. I'm a big Aikman fan. I think Troy Aikman's the best of of all the uh, lead analysts because he's he, he's not afraid to say things. 
and he, he's such a smart yeah. player. And it doesn't mean he's always it doesn't mean he's always right. No. I mean, it just no, I, I think no. he he's he's just more even keeled a little bit more maybe not deadpan might be the oh. way to say it but you know in a, a very serious manner you know and it kind of explains how they play the quarterback position right Aiken yeah. was the, a consummate leader tough uh you know all buttoned up and Romo was kind of a loose cannon as a quarterback right yeah. I mean, he was prone to big interceptions at the wrong time and he kind of is a swashbuckler and flies off the seat of his pants when he does this type of stuff so yeah it kind of explains how these guys are going to do um, maybe in ten years when Tom Brady retires, we'll see how he does in the booth. Yeah, well, <laughs> in ten years, right? <laughs> if that, maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, speaking of speaking of Brady, um, look, yesterday obviously I would have I would have liked to see more from the starters just in terms of time played. Uh, but uh, after you know their starting center, which is a backup, uh, goes down and you start to to risk injury, I thought that was probably the smartest mm-hmm. thing that this coaching staff has done all season. And that is pull your starters and who cares about that game against the Falcons? Um, because despite everything that happened, look, in, in the in, in the little bit of time that Tom played yesterday, he, he, he looked he looked great. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if, if the last couple weeks just have <clears throat> flipped a switch and, and, you know, who knows? You know, I know there's no real switch that you can flip, but you know what I mean? Like, if, if they finally... Because what did they do, John? Yesterday, they came out and spread the ball out. They mixed the they mixed up the plays with some play action and some you know you know getting the ball to their wide receivers early, and then they played some nice runs off of that. And that's exactly what I think we've all been mm-hmm. just begging the Buccaneers to do um, in order to see consistent offensive success. Now, uh, you know, obviously Chris Godwin had another fumble yesterday, but you know, I. I'm not terribly concerned about that because he's starting to look a lot better, uh, a lot healthier, rather. I don't want to imply that he was – I mean, he, his his play was indicative of his recovery from injury. Like, we, we just felt and we watched him all season and say, look, he just doesn't have that extra burst. Well, he's starting to get a little bit more of that back. I've seen it more in his yards after the catch when he when he catches Brady passes, and you're starting to see how big of an impact that has. So now you're picking up big chunks of yards – you know, through the air and consistently not putting yourselves in, in terrible third down situations. Now, obviously, he's going to have to hold on to the ball. And if anyone watching the game noticed him and Julio Jones and a bunch of people were over there talking for about, and I love this, by the way, and I know this probably goes on every game. You know, players are always having conversations about how to do things better. Um, but I love their discussion about just, you know, holding on to the ball because you, you look at these guys who, you know, Julio Jones is Julio Jones. Chris Godwin's been in the league forever. And they're still over there talking about, okay, well, next time this has happened a lot, how can I do this better? And um, mm-hmm. y- you hope that, obviously, that's not an issue in the playoffs. But uh, I- I've said it already today. The Buccaneers get, I don't want to say gifted because they have their own sh- struggles, so it's not going to be a cakewalk. But in a way, they got gifted a great matchup this postseason against a very mediocre Dallas Cowboys team and a, a quarterback who has thrown 15 interceptions this year, John, in 12 games. Crazy. Yeah, he's really regressed. I mean, I think in the last 17, he has 11 interceptions. He's, like, good for two turnovers a game. Yeah. And also fumbles. Uh, the offense doesn't look all that good for Dallas. The thing is, that they'll have moments where they look explosive and they'll put up a bunch of points, and then there'll be other games where they can't get out of their own way. And even their defense is somewhat regressed as well. It, it appears to be 
a two-man defense at this point. You know, Trayvon Diggs is a really good cornerback. He is prone to give up some big plays, but he'll make big plays for you as well. Uh, Micah Parsons is mm-hmm. a stud. And the other nine guys out there are kind of trying to find their way. So th- th- this looks like, and it would be called an upset because Dallas is a three-point favorite, which I, I think this game should be closer to being a pick. I know it's tough to say an 8-19 should be favored over a 12-5 and teams, but the 8-19 is at home and has Tom Brady, a quarterback who's never lost to Dallas. He's 7-0 and in his career against Dallas. And I know we always throw those things out there. I mean, you know, like he beat them in 2003. Does that mean anything? I mean, most of the guys playing now were like in grade school. So, but he, he's never lost to the Cowboys. And also, Dallas has not won a road playoff game since like the mid-90s. Since, since I was in grade school. <laughs> you were in grade school. I mean, you know, it, it, it is really yeah. a weird match up there when you're talking to Brady against the Cowboys. But again, we'll see what happens. I think Dallas is more talented than Tampa, but with that guy behind center, I, I give them a real chance to, to win that game on Monday night. Well, and, and that's that's the thing. The, the difference in quarterbacks is, I think, massive, especially if you're getting mm-hmm. Dak Prescott turning the ball over and as Braden brings up. Uh, there are a lot of pick sixes, too. This isn't just your, your run-of-the-mill throwing interceptions. He's thrown, I, I think, what, three of them? Something like that, yeah, and and yeah, and m- much of them coming in the last month, month and a half. So, um, <clears throat> I I think again, this Buccaneers team has struggled all season creating turnovers on defense. Uh, if they can't do it, then you know this this idea that the Buccaneers are going to have a a good matchup goes out the window. Um, but I, I feel like Dak can't not throw an interception. <laughs> you know, like at this mm-hmm. point, it's almost a given. Like. You might as well just get it out of the way early because you know what's going to happen. Um, so we'll we'll see what you know what the, <clears throat> excuse me what the Buccaneers bring. I mean, what's going to be huge for them is if they get Ryan Jensen back um, because obviously we we saw an uh, uh, injury to their uh, center Hainsey uh, yesterday, but over the last couple of weeks, the like I said, combined with the better play calling because this all matters i mean if you're doing the same things and are very predictable well yeah of course your offensive line is going to get beat a lot because the other team essentially knows what you're doing all the time um they've gotten more creative on offense they've done a lot better job pass protecting now it does it's not perfect um i i think the the uh decision to take tom brady out was um (laughs) that that play where the ball was snapped and brady was already getting hit by the time he got the ball Mm -hmm. they were just like all right (laughs) That's it. Take him out. out. He's already set his record. He's thrown a few passes. He threw a very nice touchdown. He he, add that to the list. Ninety-eight players now have caught touchdown passes from Tom Brady in his career. Um, You know, like take him out. And look, like I said, I would have loved to see him stay in there. I would have loved to see him pad some stats. And not only that, I would have loved to see them continue to find a little bit of rhythm. But at that point, the game was pointless. You know, you what you got in in front of uh, Dallas and. To be honest, they're a veteran team. So would it have been nice to to fine tune something? Sure, but you can still do this without doing that. So I was perfectly perfectly okay taking him out, um, because <laughs> as it turns out, John, uh, you're not going to get too far down the list of of quarterbacks in the NFC playoffs that you trust before you get to Tom Brady and. Maybe you put Jalen Hurts on because uh, ahead of him because of just how good he's been and how good the Eagles have been. But Kirk Cousins, no. Dak Prescott, absolutely not. Uh, Brock Purdy, 
he's been I mean, he's been great, but individually, are you going to bank on Purdy over Brady? Probably not. So, you know, uh, who who's Geno Smith? I mean, yeah, no, yeah, Geno no Smith. No, who, there really is. No, there really is no one. I mean, I, I haven't done the numbers yet, but I, I Brady has 35 playoff wins. Uh, I think Dak has one. Kirk Cousins has one. Uh, Geno Smith, Purdy, and Jalen Hurts have none. So yeah, so the, <laughs> well, it's it's crazy, not even it's it? not even it's not even necessarily about just their their history because kind of to your point, like what does playoff wins in two thousand three matter in this discussion? No, sure. this isn't like a uh, you know legacy you know prop up for Brady. This is combined with the fact that he's still playing at an elite level. Like, look, John, he ended up uh, finishing the year second in, in passing yards, and he kind of left a lot on the table. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like he was at 4,600 coming into week 17. He ended with 4,694 or something like that at 45 years old. Like, <laughs> come on now. The guy can still sling it. So it's like I'm looking at it, and I'm like, if we were to power rank the quarterbacks in this conference, and it's not like I said, it's not just a, a legacy award. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to, to go too far down the list before you hit Brady. And like I said, I mean, I might even put him at the top of the list just because of who he is and the fact yeah, that he's I mean, still yeah. playing at at the level that he's playing at. Yes, yeah, Hurts and Brady, right, would be yeah. the top two guys because everybody else is, you know, nothing too great out there. So uh, yeah, I mean. I would say, and, and again, Hurts, who's an MVP candidate, probably not going to win it. I think Mahomes is going to win it at this point because Hurts missed the two games. But, yeah, Brady's still playing at a very, very high level. He's got his weapons there, and if Ryan Jensen's back, that can really help that interior of the offensive line. And they're at home, and look, Dak, Dak Prescott's playing the worst of his career right now um, at the wrong time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 the AFC is completely different. That's like, look at these guys. Look at these shiny toys. Look at these explosive players. The NFC is a little bit different. Yeah, I, I would still think he's the best quarterback out there. And at worst, second behind Jalen Hurts, who, again, is coming back off an injury as well. So how healthy is he? Although yeah. they do have the bye week, which is going to come in handy for them. Yeah, and, and look, they looked so much better with Hurts under center. I, I mean, it's a shame mm-hmm. that he did miss those two games because, again, I, I think he was the, the front runner. Uh, heading into that week before he he started mm-hmm. missing a couple of games and it's kind of unfortunate um, that you know it kind of played out that way. But for for the Eagles' sake, I mean, we we saw what they looked like without Jalen Hurts, and we saw what they looked like even with a moderately healthy Jalen Hurts. You know, um, mm-hmm. so all right. Before we wrap up the show, I'm going to ask you a question, John. I'm just going to ask you very simply of super. Do I need my lawyer? Do I need my lawyer? <laughs> Depends on what your answer is. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> we have three uh, days of super wild card weekend, two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then we top it all off with Buccaneers and um, and Cowboys on Monday night. It's the day of my, my root canal, John, so hopefully I will not be getting two Ooh. of them in one day. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, of all those games, I'm not talking about, obviously, you know, you want to see Brady play or you want to see this, you want to see that. Of those games, what is the most intriguing matchup for you this weekend? And kind of what are you, I guess, most excited for on top of that? I really like the quarterback matchup between the Chargers and Jacksonville. And that's the Saturday night game, which kind of surprised me because that's normally a marquee game. And you're going to see Jacksonville for the second straight week playing on Saturday night. Like, that's how much the sports flipped this year. Herbert against 
Trevor Lawrence, that's going to be spectacular on Saturday night. That's the game that kind of sticks out for me as, as one that's going to be very interesting. I mean, Seattle at San Francisco, I mean, that, that could be, I don't know, 34 to 10, the, the way I look at it. Cincinnati, Baltimore, we'll see them again. Um, Miami with Altua, do they have any chance against Buffalo? Probably not. The Tampa Bay, Dallas will be a good watch on Monday night. But I would say that the game that really stands out to me is Trevor Lawrence in his second year going against Justin Herbert. Yeah, look, I, I can't really say I disagree with that. Um, you know, obviously I have uh, personal ties to, to watching, obviously, Brady and, 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 and the Buccaneers. Uh, but, you know, to your point, like, it, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, this is a team that we've seen do a complete 180. I think they're the first team uh, to to win their division after back-to-back 14 lost seasons. That That's incredible. And, and again, mm. you see how big of an influence – negatively <laughs> urban Meyer had last year, certainly on Trevor Lawrence. Um, but just how much this team has grown. And, and again, you think about it, I know it started to pop up more and more recently the last couple of weeks, but I've been thinking about it all season. They still have Calvin Ridley waiting in the wings, you know, a mm-hmm. young yep. potential stud wide receiver who just had a year off because he couldn't keep his gambling under control. Uh, so and then Bernie Kosar, I guess, right? Yeah. Kosar got- <laughs> Tossed off the Cleveland Browns pre or post game because he wagered nineteen thousand dollars on a on the Browns and like I don't know they they embrace gambling the league but if you're in the league I guess don't partake in it but yeah no I they they've got a bright future because the rest of that division looks a little bit sketchy I mean the Texans oh, yeah. are going to be on their third different head coach in three years like I don't know what you expect the Lovey Smith to do with that talent or lack thereof maybe Nick Casario should be fired he's been there for two years and they keep firing coaches every year um, the Colts. Is Jeff Saturday coming back? I mean, we know the owner's a bit nuts in Jim Merce. Well, none of, the, none of those have, other teams have quarterbacks. No, you have that. In, exactly. Exactly. I mean, this could be a run now where Jacksonville, I wouldn't say is going to dominate because, the, you know, how often do we see a team dominate a division? Obviously, the Patriots for 20 years. And Green Bay to a lesser extent than the North for the last, really, since Favre got there. But, um, yeah, they've got their quarterback. And mm-hmm. they've got their coach who, who works well with the quarterback. And they've done some nice things in free agency and, and good things in the draft. And like you said, that's a great point. Ian. I didn't even think of that. Calvin Ridley is another weapon for Trevor Lawrence uh, next year. So yeah, they're, they're in good shape. And, and look, I mean, the chargers did not inspire much confidence yesterday. Um, I know it was, you know, you know, how important are week 18 games when you already have the playoffs locked up and essentially the, the playoff seating is essentially decided. Uh, but they, you know, we were kind of starting to get excited that the, that the Chargers were starting to play some better football. They did not play well yesterday. And no. you're starting to think, like, okay, you know, you, yeah, I would have maybe thought you they could have been a dangerous team going into the playoffs. Uh, but to, to your point, like, now you're looking at a Jacksonville team who, what have they got to lose at this point? You know what I mean? Like, they, they've, mm-hmm. been, they've been on a high since, uh, since early April, you know, when, when they had <laughs> one of their guys go into the Hall of Fame. So it's like, you know, this has been a great year for Jacksonville and and Duval County and everything like that. So, you know, what do they got to lose? And I think their team plays loose like that as well. And that's a good thing because now you're going, yeah. Almost like the Detroit Lions, right? Yeah. Kind of like the Lions of the AFC. They're just kind of this team that's out there. They've got a coach they're buying into. He's an energetic guy, uh, Doug Peterson, much like Dan Campbell. 
Uh, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, a similar vibe there. It, the weird thing about the playoffs, Ian, is, is I think two teams that I would have loved to see make it, Detroit and Pittsburgh, they're both playing excellent football at this point, but they didn't qualify because they yeah. got off to such horrendous starts. I mean, Pittsburgh's won, what, eight out of their last ten, or Detroit's won eight out of their last ten, and, and Pittsburgh seven out of its last nine. That's impressive. They would have been tough outs in the postseason, but, you know, you got to play better earlier in the season. Oh yeah, no, and and this is where like you know we we kind of joke. Oh, what is what does this September loss mean anything? Well, like I, I brought up the Patriots earlier, um, that loss a month ago to the Raiders. You're probably thinking, mm-hmm. oh well, I wish we could have kind of had that one back, or you sure. know, if again some of the mistakes. Uh, how about the Lions game against Seattle, where they just forgot yeah. how to play defense? Um, so. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm very interested in that matchup. Uh, also, uh, and, and Joel brings it up or asks the question: Do you think two is going to play in the playoffs? I, the Dolphins better hope he does. And I don't think he's you know a uh, uh, surefire answer to all their questions. But he's by far their best option at quarterback. Um, they do not look. I mean, I know they won the game yesterday, but. That was a team that was just backing into that playoff spot and, and probably just, at the end of that, probably a big deep breath. <sighs> we made it. We made it because right. it was it was scary there for a minute. So um, I'll be intrigued to see that matchup if Tua plays. So I'll add that to um, my list of matchups I, I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. Uh, again, it's if Tua plays. I don't think they're going to win, but there's a potential for a offensive back and forth, sort of speak, between these two teams. If two is in there and the Miami Dolphins offense is at its peak and we've just seen without him in there, they just don't reach that level of efficiency or, or potentness because, I mean, they're just not the same without him. And again, it's not all him. I'm not saying he's going to come in and make them Super Bowl contenders, Um but certainly they give he gives them a lot better chance to win and you know what we've seen stranger things happen and a a a Miami uh a Buffalo game is a divisional matchup you know and i never never chalk up divisional matchups of of as being 100% normal something weird's going to happen and there's always going to be an opportunity in these games we've got three of them next weekend right you get San Francisco yep. hosting Seattle, Cincinnati entertaining Baltimore, and then, of course, like you said, Miami at Buffalo. And I think, obviously, the home teams are the better teams and are sizable favorites, but especially in the Baltimore-Cincinnati matchup, they just played this week, so back-to-back yeah. games. And Cincinnati's offense didn't look all that great yesterday. I know they put some points on the board, but you know they, they were kind of choppy on offense, but I still have a lot of confidence in them. I'm going to be interested to see how Buffalo comes out next week. I mean, they've gone through more than any team in the league just in the last week, but obviously with the snow and, and, you know, uh, Dawson Knox's um, brother uh, dying, Mm. they've gone through more than any other team. So now a lot of emotion yesterday in that win. Okay. Now you clinch the number two seed. If you play Kansas city in the AFC championship game, it's going to be a neutral field. Like there's the danger of them coming out flat at some point, right? Who was playing, like you said, I'm, I'm not a huge Tua fan, but give me the B quarterback over the D minus quarterback any day of the week. At least you have a chance. Well, and and look, I mean, I, you know, I'm not playing the what if game, but you know, emotions aside, like they needed two kickoff returns yesterday yeah. to to win. Now again, you, you were playing a game of well, 
if they don't get those kickoff returns, they have an opportunity to do things on offense. Um, but still, I you got to figure that you know you're not going to get two kickoff returns you know every single week. So you're going to have to figure out a way to to ma- no. I I thought they played they came out and played well and managed the emotions very well because I, I I think we talked about it beforehand and I thought this is going to go one of two ways. And I certainly after the opening kickoff, I thought it was going to go the route of well the Patriots are just going to get absolutely steamrolled because of. You know, the Bills just being a really good team, the emotion, everything that goes into this. Um, that didn't happen. And and give credit where credit's due. The Patriots did a very good job of, of keeping things in front of them and making sure that they weren't going to allow themselves to, to fall into this hole. Kind of what happened in the playoffs last year without the emotional backdrop to it. Um, so, you know, Buffalo is certainly not perfect. Um, I, I think all these contending teams are, are, are flawed in some way or the other. Uh, again, we've, we've seen Kansas City consistently struggle in offense at times, and if that happens against a team like the Bengals or the Bills, and we've seen it already this year, you know, there's a good chance that they may lose, and we we may be, not be talking about a home game at Kansas City or a neutral field site. It might be Cincinnati and, and Buffalo or, or Buffalo and someone else. So, um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Miami can do. Uh, but more importantly, what is Buffalo? How are they going to respond? Not only, you know, another week removed from the whole situation, and then you add the element of getting back to the playoffs because, you know, as much as the regular season has been all fun and games, and, well, maybe that's the that's the bad way to describe the regular season for the Bills, but in the sense that when you're playing the regular season and you're an elite team, there's pressure, but that pressure isn't, necessarily real pressure does that make sense like mm-hmm. you're buffalo oh, yeah. you're great you're gonna go out there you're gonna win 75 80 percent of your games just by virtue of being a better team than most um so they really haven't had to feel that pressure uh, maybe they that the heat was on a little bit um the heat was on a little bit to to win the division when it got a little dicey there at the end but but for the most part much like the 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 patriots like of years past it's like oh the jets have tied the division they're you know they have the same record of 7 and 4 as the patriots and i'm just sitting back like just not even paying attention cuz i'm like we all know what's going to happen you know what i mean and that's that's kind of that's kind of where you're at right now with buffalo however as soon as the it, the postseason begins it becomes real now, all of a sudden, Buffalo is the team that has never won a Super Bowl. Buffalo is the team that hasn't even made it to the Super Bowl in this great era of Buffalo football. Buffalo is the team that, in their history, went to four straight Super Bowls and lost all of them. So now they're not the darlings. They're the team that's, that's got to get the monkey off their back. Yeah, I mean, the, the AFC, as we, we've talked about, you can make a case the three best teams in football are in the AFC. I mean, I think San Francisco is right there. Philadelphia as well. San Francisco, I, can you call them the best team in football when Brock Purdy is your quarterback? Look, he's been sensational, but still, you know, he doesn't measure up to Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. So those four guys are going to finish one, two, three, four in some order in MVP voting. And the thing about Buffalo, they're this close to being undefeated this year. There's three losses by a total of seven points, and they kind of, like, lost their way in each of those games. I mean, the Minnesota game is still unexplainable to me how they – lost that game. They just needed to kneel uh, twice, and they would have beaten the Vikings. They lost by two points at Miami when they turned the ball over down the stretch, and they lost to the Jets by three. So they're that close to being undefeated. They have had some close wins as well uh, at Kansas City and wherever else. But the thing about Buffalo that's weird, they're like a heavyweight champion 
they haven't won anything yet, but in terms of their style, like yesterday, they did a lot of stupid things. I mean, Josh yeah. Allen, again, a red zone interception. Uh, what were they thinking of on that punt that hit the Buffalo player and the Patriots recovered? They yeah. fumble inside their own 15. They do yeah. like a lot of stupid things, but then they have two kick returns for touchdowns, and then Josh Allen throws two absolute dimes for like well, long touchdown some, passes, and it's like, oh, they won. Someone, someone said it, uh, you know, what was it? In 2020, they were this uh, incredible offense. In 2021, they had this incredible defense. Neither of those units are at that level this year, but they're almost just a team to, that just knows how to win. And that's almost yep, more important. Learning. Yeah, yep. that, that's that's the most exactly. important thing. So, um, good point. I, really yeah, good point. I, I'll definitely uh, be looking forward to seeing how they respond and whether or not, um, you know, they should win this game. But there's still a lot we can learn from Buffalo uh, against Miami this weekend. So, all right, that's going to do it for us here today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, and of course, the rest of the week we're going to be looking forward to this weekend. And really getting geared up for these matchups. Maybe we'll power rank our, our players. And maybe we will give our list of the best quarterbacks in each conference heading into this weekend. And we'll have some fun with it. So, excuse me, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone. And we will certainly be talking to you later in the week. Give us a follow on Twitter, at FullPressNFL, at FPC Radio Live. And, of course, head over, head over to FullPressCoverage.com to check out all the latest and greatest. So, thank you, everyone. And we'll talk to you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.